to delay the book of Acts in chapter 17 and verse 18. And while you're turning, I know you have your Bible in your lap, on your couch, right where you are. I know you've got your Bible, you've opened it up or you've turned it on your phone. And I want, to, I want to share something with you tonight because I feel like God wants me to be the evangelist and somehow evangelize your faith to create a greater capacity to receive what God has for us. So if you have Acts 17 and 18, uh, I want you to look at this. The Bible says, Then certain philosophers of the Epicureans and of the Stoics encountered him, Paul. And some said, what will this babbler say? Sometimes I go and preach and I, I feel that same spirit to the people I'm about to speak. What will this babbler say? And others, some, he seemeth to be a setter forth of strange gods because he preached unto them Jesus and the resurrection. And they took him and brought him unto Aeropagus, saying, may we know what this new Doctrine. Now, I want you to notice that they want to know what this new doctrine and whereof thou speakest is. For thou bringest certain strange things to our ears. We would know therefore what these things mean. And it says, for all the Athenians and strangers which were there spent their time in nothing else but either to tell or to hear some new thing. Tonight, I want to preach to you nothing new. There's nothing new. If you've got it, your phone, you can put it in there. Just put in the comments right now, nothing new. Amen. I want you to pray with me. Would you do it? Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord, we first we thank you for your word that is forever settled in heaven. But I'm asking tonight, O oh God, that you would allow that same word that is settled in heaven, let it be settled in us. And I pray, O oh God, allow your anointing to begin to flow into every home, into every family, to every individual. I pray, make us of a quick understanding. Let us not judge with the seeing of the eye or the hearing of the ear, but with righteous judgment through your word. Allow us to look through your word as a lens into this world and I pray oh God that you would quicken us together with one mind and one spirit by your word and by your spirit and we pray it all in Jesus name in Jesus name well this this world that Paul found himself in at Mars Hill in Athens it said that these people were gathered around him, the Athenians and all the strangers gathered around, that they spent their time in nothing else but either to tell or to hear some new thing. And though it was back then, it's very familiar with where we are now with a world like the Athenians that had this insatiable appetite for something new just to be able to say or tell something new or to hear something new. Their appetite was fixed on something 
new. In this day and age, there is that same, I believe, appetite in mankind and in humanity. And knowing that that appetite is there for something new, just something different, something new. They, they, will, they will find another partner in the divorce rates. The reason why I believe that they might be so high or a person or people go from career to career, from a house to house or one city to the next, from one church to the next is that they have that same insatiable appetite for something new. But I've come to preach tonight that there's nothing new because Solomon the wise man in Ecclesiastes 1 and 9 with all the wisdom and wealth that he had and the life experience he possessed, he made this statement, the thing that hath been it is that which shall be. And that which is done is that which shall be done. And there is no new thing under the sun. He said that thing that was in your past, it, it ultimately will be in your future. That which hath been is that which shall be. And that which is done, it is which shall be done. There is nothing Somebody in that comment, just nothing. Just let everybody know nothing new under the sun. He goes on to say in verse 10, Is there anything whereof it may be said, See, this is new, but it hath already, it's been already of old time which was before us. Now, there are things that are possibly new to us, but they are not truly new. And I remember me and Melanie, when we, we were setting out to evangelize, we, we were like, we got to get a van because we've got a family and we're going to travel the world through our Dodge Grand Caravan. And I remember we went and we made a big investment. This was our biggest purchase, our biggest investment that we made getting that grand caravan with the doors that come automatically open and shut. And, and it, was, it was beautiful and it was, it was brand new to us. But we went to preach for a pastor and when we did, he got down in front of it. And he looked at the headlights and we realized that he was noticing something that we didn't notice. And, and that pastor, he wasn't full time. He actually, he worked uh, in, in the auto body industry and he looked and he said, did you know that your van has been in a wreck? I said, no, 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 it's new. He said, no, 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 you, you see the headlight, it's kind of tilted in the space between the hood, that that space, it's different here. And, and he began to point out that, yes, it was new to us, but it wasn't truly new. And it was such a letdown because even us in the church, we're always looking for, for some rabbit to be pulled out of the hat. We are, we are hungry for something brand new, something different in our world. But I'm here to tell you that there is nothing new like Solomon said under the sun. It may be new to me, but it wasn't truly new. And there was many things that came across to the Athenians. It was new to them, but according to Solomon, it wasn't new under the sun. And it's in Ecclesiastes 1 and 10 
in the New Living Translation. After he said, no, there's nothing truly new. It says it like this, history merely repeats itself. It has all been done before. Nothing under the sun is truly new. Everything that is, is just a recycled part of our past. There's nothing new. And there is nothing under the sun, he is saying, that can meet that appetite, that, that, that stirring in our soul that longs for something new. There's nothing under this sun that, that can satisfy that. And he said, history merely repeats itself. It's just recycled parts of our past. And if you look through history, you will see the same processes and things happening over and over again. And I I've got some examples that I wanted to show you to kind of help bring the point home. And with, with world leaders, if you look at world leaders and nations and things that have happened, you can look at two leaders, Napoleon and Hitler. Napoleon and Hitler, no, noticing that one was born in 1760 and Napoleon being born in 1760, Hitler was born in 1889. And that is a difference of 129 years. But when Napoleon came to power in 1804, Hitler came to power following in 1933 in the same difference of 129 years. But when Napoleon came to Vienna in 1812 and Hitler came to Vienna in 1940, that was also a difference of 129 years. Napoleon, he lost the war in 1816, but he, Hitler, he lost his war in 1945. The same difference of 129 years. History is just merely repeating itself. It's just a recycled part of our past. Now watch, both came to power when they were 45. Both attacked Russia when they were 52. They both lost their war that they instigated when they were 56 years old. History just merely repeats itself. There is nothing new under the sun. Now here's another set of events that the patterns are quite terrifying if you look at them. It's Abraham Lincoln. Who was elected to uh, Abraham Lincoln and, and JFK or uh, Kennedy, JFK? Abraham Lincoln was elected to Congress in 1846. John F. Kennedy was elected to Congress 1946, just a hundred years later. Abraham Lincoln was elected president in 1860, and JFK was elected president in 1960. Both, listen, was particularly concerned with civil rights. Both wives lost a child while living in the White House. Both presidents were shot on a Friday. And now it just, now it gets really weird. Lincoln, now listen, Lincoln's secretary was named Kennedy, and Kennedy's secretary was named Lincoln. Both were assassinated by Southerners. Now, I just got back from preaching in Louisiana, and they had me nervous after I read these statistics. Both were assassinated by Southerners, so I kept them at least six feet. 
But they both were assassinated by Southerners and both were succeeded, listen to this, by Southerners named Johnson. Andrew Johnson, who succeeded Lincoln, was born in 1808. And Lyndon Johnson, who succeeded Kennedy, was born in 1908. See, John Wilkes Booth, who assassinated Lincoln, was born in 1839. And Lee Harvey Oswald, who assassinated Kennedy, was born in 1939. And both assassins were known by their three names. John Wilkes Booth, Lee Harvey Oswald. And both names are composed of 15 letters. Now, now hang on. Hang on to your seats because Lincoln... He was shot at a theater named Ford. And Kennedy was shot in a car called Lincoln, made by Ford. Booth and Oswald were assassinated both before their trials. And Lincoln was shot in a theater and the assassin ran to a warehouse. And Kennedy was shot from a warehouse and the assassin ran to a theater. See, history is just merely repeating itself. There is nothing new under the sun. Now, here's the kicker with all of that. Watch this now. A week before Lincoln was shot, he was in Monroe, Maryland. And a week before Kennedy was shot, he was with Marilyn Monroe. History merely repeating Itself, Hear me, Refuge Church, and whoever is watching, there is nothing new under the sun. It may be different to us, but it's not new to God. And if we are under the sun, subject to that greater light, by day that that was there given by God under the sun that that greater light to rule the day if we are under that sun there is nothing new under the sun and there is nothing down here that can satisfy my empty soul it's all history merely repeating itself and everything that's going on in our nation right now it's not catching God by surprise there is nothing new it may be different but it's it's not new. But when, when, when we read Ecclesiastes, I want you to understand the wise man Solomon, his, the picture that he was painting was much bleaker than the one I just painted because those were neat facts. But Solomon was not trying to present the book of Ecclesiastes and us with a pretty picture. He was trying to give us the reality of our lives under the sun. And he said this, there is nothing new. He said, I've seen it all. I've experienced everything. And what he came to the conclusion of was simply this. If you look at Ecclesiastes 1, 13 and 14, the Bible said, I devoted myself, Solomon said this, I devoted myself to search for understanding and to explore by wisdom everything being done under heaven I soon discovered that God has dealt a tragic existence to the human race I obsessed I observed everything going on under the sun and really it's all meaningless it's like chasing the wind I'm here to tell you Solomon looking back through his life was saying there's no hope there's nothing to look forward to he said I 
experienced it all and life is meaningless and God has dealt to us a tragic existence to the human race. It's all like chasing the wind and that's why he would go in verse 4 of that same chapter and say one generation passeth away and another generation cometh but the earth remains forever. He said that you the earth is going to remain but one generation is going to come one generation is going to go. In other words you're always going to have loss. There's always going to be pain. Hear me. I know I know I'm going through this so fast but I'm excited. Just just hear hear what Solomon is saying. He said the sun also arises and the sun goeth down and it hasteth to the place where he arose. He said the wind goes towards the south and it turneth about unto the north and it whirleth about continually and the wind returneth again according to his circuits. What Solomon was saying after he had looked and searched all the wisdom under the heaven he said it's all meaningless. He said the sun rises, the sun sets. He said, you've seen one sunrise, you've seen them all. He said, "He said, listen, the sun rises, but the sun's going to set. So I know the Bible said, I know the Bible says that joy comes in the morning. But he was literally saying, I know joy comes in the morning, but don't get too excited because you're going to have another night season. So don't get too, too, too excited about the joy coming in the morning because you'll always have another night season. When he talked about the wind that blew towards the south, and it turned towards the north. He was saying, listen, that wind that blows south is going to turn north. But guess what? Things will go south again. See, I feel like that's where we are in this world today. We're starting to realize that there's nothing new under the sun. And we realize that, yeah, we may have a north wind and we might get lifted up and and have a a quick pick-me-up and have a good service, but don't get too excited. Things are going to go south eventually again. And it feels like we are in this world right now and we are postured for things just to go wrong. And we're like, what's the next thing that's going to happen? What what other storm is going to come that we're going to have to name? What kind of other uh, riot is going to break out? And we are looking and posturing ourselves in a defensive posture because we are agreeing with Solomon saying, you know what, there's nothing new. If you've been to one church service, you've been to them all. If, you, if you've heard one preacher, you've heard them all. If you, if you, and we go through this, listen, listen to what I'm saying, Refuge Church. Solomon said there's nothing new and and painted one of the bleakest pictures of our human existence. That there's nothing new, there's nothing to look forward to. He said this, that if it was in your past, it's going to be in your future. Let Let me phrase it like this. Let me phrase it like this. If you struggled with things in your past, don't worry. That, that, that struggle will be recycled. And if you've struggled with it in your past, you're going to struggle with it in your future. If you had abuse in your upbringing, you'll have abuse in your relationships moving forward. And he just painted, he said, I've seen it all. It's all meaningless. There's nothing to look forward to. And this casts a shadow seemingly on us. And it's the same shadow that is on the world. They, they're saying, you know what? I've heard about Christianity. You know, I had a bad experience in my past. And they just, they just know 
that there's nothing new. There is nothing really that is new. But hear me. I want to tell you that there was a prophet that rose up one day. And in chapter 43 of Isaiah in verse 18, that prophet began to speak while Solomon said, There is nothing new under the sun. It was the prophet Isaiah who said, Remember ye not the former things, neither consider the things of old. Behold, I will do a new thing, and now it shall spring forth. And shall ye not know it? I, even God is saying, I will even make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. While yes, there was a man, Solomon, he was right. I agree with everything that he said, that there is nothing new under the sun. But God is not subject to that sun, nor is he under that law. But he said, I will do a new thing. And I've come to preach to Refuge Church online why we have been subject to the same patterns of pain throughout our lives. And we've gone through one thing after another in this year. I feel like God saying, I'm not subject to the Solomon sayings. I am not under that same sun where there is nothing new. And he said, I will do a new thing. He was saying, I'm about to break all the patterns that have been projected on you from your past. I'm going to change the way you think. I'm going to change the way that you live. I'm going to change the way that you look at this world. Because if you look at that same verse... In the New Living Translation, he says it like this in verse four, chapter 43, verse 18 and 19. But forget all that. It is nothing compared to what I am going to do. For I am about to do something new. See, I've already begun. Do you not see it? And I've come to ask the same question. Do you not see it? I will make a pathway through the wilderness. I will create rivers in, a, in the dry wasteland. See why Solomon spoke his truth. Saying there's nothing new under the sun. God's not under the sun. So he can do something new. And I'm here to tell you, watch this. This is what God showed me. Because God set in motion. Yes, while, while Solomon, now hear me. While Solomon said, Solomon said that there is nothing new. He put this clause under the sun. See, there's, there is nothing new under the sun. But God is not under the sun. But watch what God did. If he was going to do something new, he had to create a new law. Because in the Old Testament, there were scriptures that said this. The law according to the Medes and Persians which altereth not. Because many times in the Old Testament times, they could write laws, but you could never undo that law. But what you could do is, you had to write a new law that would supersede the old law. So God, when He said in creation, that sun, that greater light to rule the day, and everything under it was subject to that law, and to that's the cycles and the seasons that that, that sun created. Hear me. If God was going to do something new, He had to write a new law 
law. And that's why in the last chapter of the Old Testament, he said in Malachi 4 and 2, the last chapter of the last book in the Old Testament. Old, he's about to do something new. But in the last chapter, Malachi 4 and 2, he says, But for you who fear my name, the Son of Righteousness will rise with healing in his wings, and you will go free, leaping with joy like calves let out to pasture. Hear me. God was about to do something new, and he was about to make a way in the wilderness, and he was going to do it by way of virgin birth, and he was going to bring about another son through that virgin birth, because while we have been subject to that son that ruled that day, he was about to give birth through that virgin, a new son that would rule this day as opposed to that day. He was about to do something new. And that's why Malachi 4 and 2, I love it. Bring that scripture back back up. It says, but for you who fear my name, the son, not S-O-N, but the son, S-U-N, of righteousness he will rise like the rising of a sun on a new day of a new season that son of righteousness will rise with healing in his wings and you will go free and you will be let out like joy with joy like calves out to pasture what he was saying that when this sun rises you will be set free from that concept of nothing new under the sun the same repeated and recycled patterns of your past the same kind of fear and the same kind of doubt that we live in on a weekly basis how many different cases how many things are going on with COVID but Jesus said no I will do a new thing all because he's so powerful that he couldn't undo the law that was under that son. So he created another son, the son of righteousness. And when it says son, when it talks about the son of God, it's not talking about Jehovah Junior or God's little boy. But he's talking about the father coming in flesh in a redemptive work. And that's exactly what he was about to do. And he was making a point in the last chapter of the last book of the old. He said, I'm about to do a new thing through that son of righteousness see I hope this is all making sense because if you read and understand that God made a new law when that virgin birth took place and that 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 next or that that new son came it says in 2nd Corinthians 5 and 17 therefore if any man be in Christ. He is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold all things. All things. All things. I want you right now. I want you in your living room right wherever you are. I want you to look at your family. I want you to yell at your kids and just tell them all things. Because when you are in Christ, all things are become new. Solomon said no thing is new. But Jesus says all things are new. It doesn't matter what it is. It doesn't matter if it's it's past pain, abuse, upbringing. It doesn't matter if it's thought processes it doesn't matter if it's addiction hey he said all things 
Now, notice what it said. It said, therefore, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. See, you see the contrast between Solomon and nothing new under the sun. Nothing is truly new. Everything that hath been will be. There's nothing new. It's just these recycled patterns of the past that we fall victim to. And we fall in these ruts of just doing the same old, same old. But that's under the sun. But he said in 2 Corinthians 5 and 17, In Christ all things are become new. So let me point out to you the difference between under the sun and in the sun. Under the sun, there's no healing. Under the sun, there's just broken patterns from our past. Under the sun, there's, there's uh, unfulfilled lives and unmet expectations. Under the sun, it's just the same old, same old that will cause you to be depressed. Saying, you know what, I've been to church before and it didn't work for me. That under the sun says, you know what, I've been married before. I've tried to love before and it didn't work then and it won't work now. Now, that same law under the sun. Jesus set us free from that law by giving us a new law. That's why he said in Romans 8 and 2, For the law of the Spirit of life in in Christ Jesus hath made me free from the law of the sin, of sin and death. See, under the sun, we are subject to the law of sin and death. Under the sun, we are subject to pain. We are subject to loss. Under the sun, we are subject to disease. We are subject to brokenness. But Jesus went so far as to create another sun. Not for us to just be under, but for us to enter into. And it's in that son that we have the spirit of life in Christ. That law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. And it's made me free from that law of sin and death. And so when the Bible says, watch, I know I'm moving fast. But Galatians 3 and 27, how do we get in the son? How do we get in the Son? The Bible said, For as many of you as have been baptized into Christ have put on Christ. How do you get in the Son? and break free from the law of sin and death that says you're just going to be what your family was and you're just going to fight with the same things and struggle with the same the same things all your life how do you get in the sun to break free from what's under the sun it's baptism as many have been baptized into Christ See, when you were baptized and you went down, the old man went down in that water. You entered into the sun. And when you entered into the sun, you were set free. Yes, you may be influenced, but you don't have to be bound by that same law of sin and death. Not that you won't ever be sick and not that you won't ever have pain or loss, but hear me, you don't have to be bound by it. Not that fear won't come knocking on your door, but hear me, it might come 
come knocking on your door. But when you are in Christ, when you are in the Son and no longer under it, hear me, you don't have to let fear live in your house. Even if it comes knocking, it don't have to live in your house. Hear me. That's why I said in Romans 6 and 4, Therefore we are buried with Him by baptism into death, that like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. It doesn't have to be the same old, same old. It doesn't have to be the same kind of pain. And we don't have to live in this seemingly uh, negative anticipation of the next storm, of the next uh, outbreak, and the next, the next loss. We don't have to live anticipating these negative patterns that we are subject to under the sun if we are the church of the living God and if we've been to the water in the name of Jesus and we have entered into this sun we have broken free from that sun we have stepped into the new and we have become free from the old therefore we are called to walk in the newness of life see and what we think is a negative culture and context for apostolic revival a world like the Athenians that said we just want to hear and tell something new they are so hungry for something new they are so desperately reaching for something truly new but the way God set it up there's nothing new under the sun and that's where they're looking for something new so when they have exhausted themselves in their reach for something truly new that's when God is going to allow that sun of righteousness to rise in their life a new sun that can cause them to have something truly new. Hear me. It's set up for apostolic revival. Refuge Church, you've got to get ready because God is about to do something new and we've got to get our faith acclimated for what He's about to do and say, listen, under the sun, yeah, there's nothing new. There's no hope for us out there. But there is a difference between being under the sun and in the sun. In the sun, there are miracles in the sun there is hope there is real love there is real joy and there is real peace and it's in the sun we are no longer subject to the same disease and pain and patterns of our past it was when I came I was searching for something different. I was searching for something new. You think everything that's going on in our world right now, politics and every you think it's new. No, it's just different. But it's not new. And everybody's thinking, maybe this is it. Maybe this is this new thing that's going to answer everything that we see wrong with our world. But I'm here to tell you, give it a few months and they're going to realize, nope, that wasn't it. We thought it's going to be something truly new. But it's not. But I'm telling you that that sun of righteousness is about to rise. And they are going to see him 
And just like I did when I went down in that water and I entered into the sun as opposed to being under that sun, there was something new. All things became new. I looked at this world and everything I looked at, it was all brand new. I remember when I first got the Holy Ghost, I went to high school my senior year. I walked across that that, that, that street where I parked my car and I walked across that street. And once I took that step into the street, the, rot, the light went from... from from red to green and gave me the walk sign and I was like man this is really cool and I kept walking and I, the birds were chirping the, the green trees were brighter green than I'd ever seen I'm here to tell you in Christ everything's new all things are new now I know this this isn't, isn't too long and I, I hope it's relatively simple that there's a difference between being subject under that sun and being in this sun where all things become new my mind becomes new my emotions become new my, my, my everything about me becomes new and everything is changed and it's in the sun where I found what, what I've been looking for all this time so Refuge Church, God is about to do a new thing. It's not just going to be some recycled revival from the past. No, God's about to do a new thing. If God's people will no longer subject themselves to that law of sin and death and just accept it because that's how it's always been and that's how it always will be. No, I refuse that. No, I refuse that. I will not live under a lesser law and subject my family to sickness, disease, and pain and abuse. I will not allow my family to be subject to a lesser law to where me and my wife have to divorce and go look for new people and, and new relationships because because it's just the same old patterns of unfulfilled, unmet expectation. I'm talking to somebody right now. You don't have to leave where you are to find something new. You just need to not subject yourself to the lesser laws that say you're always going to be what you've always been. But I invoke that law of spirit and life that says everything can be new right now. And my mind, my everything about me can be Brand new. Now here's, I'm going to quit here in a second. I have a, a video that I'm going to show you here in a little bit. And I want you to understand that God is trying to stretch our faith so that we can truly accommodate the new that God is about to have, that, that He's about to allow to happen in our world and in our lives. I, I want our faith to be able to accommodate it. But it was a while back ago in Kentucky, I was preaching a revival. I was uh, relatively new in evangelizing, and I had got a revival booked, and I went, it was actually in Winchester, Kentucky, and I went there. 
And I, I just wanted to see God do something that I've never seen him do. I did not necessarily kind of pull a rabbit out of the hat, so I just go, wow. But I truly had a desire to see God do something that I had never seen him do before because I knew I was, I was, limit, I, I, I was limited in my experience with the presence and the power of God. So just this young hungry heart said, I want to see something new, just like those Athenians. But it was in that revival that we began to pray for the sick. And as we began to pray for the sick, God began to do miracles. And there was people that got healed, back pain and, you know, headaches and, and migraines and all this unseen stuff, you know. And when, once the unseen, I was getting warmed up praying, you know, oh, a headache, ooh, a back pain, ooh, knees, yeah, and we couldn't see any of it. Amen. We're getting healing in the house right now. And, and God was doing all these little things. But I was like, yeah, we've seen headaches before, God. And then up walked this lady. She had a pink shirt on and you'll see it in the video and I usually don't tell this miracle just because it's almost so far-fetched it's it's almost unbelievable if I can say it like that. So I hadn't really shared it, but it was a few years ago, uh, like a year ago, that the, the young man that was in the service, he came to me and he said, he said, uh, Ryan, or, or he got on social media, and he said, I have a video of that service where God did a miracle for that woman. And the miracle was simply this, and I'm going to explain the video that you're about to watch. And this lady came up and I said, do you have pain in your body? She said, yes, I have pain in my body. I said, well, then just lift your hands right now and worship God. And Because I believe he already did it on Calvary. By his stripes, we were healed. That's past tense. That means God, God's already did it. So we've got to come in agreement, present tense, with God's past tense. So just lift your hands and worship. And that's how all the others got their miracle. I didn't have to lay a hand on them, nothing. They just worshiped, and God did a miracle. And this lady, she comes up, and I said, well, just lift your hands. And she said, well, that's the problem. I can't. She said, in my right arm, she said, there is no bone in my upper arm. It's just connective tissue. I said, wow. So the spirit of young and dumb got on me. And I grabbed her arm, or I grabbed her hand, and I lifted her hand up in the air. And in, in lifting up her hand, I lifted up her arm. And I said, in the name of Jesus. And I began to invoke that law of spirit and life above and beyond that lesser law of sin and death. And I'm here to tell you, I said, in the name of Jesus. And when I did, I watched as God began to recreate the bone in her upper arm. I watched as the definition of that bone was created as God began to do something brand new. I watched it materialize right before my very eyes as God did a new thing. And when I saw it, you'll see it in the video, the lady in the pink, I was holding her hand and she couldn't lift it up. There was no bone. There was only connective tissue. But when I held her hand, I said, in the name of Jesus, I saw the bone be created. I then said, there it is. And I let go of it. And that arm that she could not lift up, when I let go, it stuck there. And once she realized what God had done, she began to shake. And the people began to worship. And faith fell in that 
that house like I have never felt before in my life. And what I want you to do, Refuge Church, I want you to get ready for what's about to flow into your home. I want you to get your kids. I want you to get your wife. And we're about to worship. And we're going to create through our worship a capacity to receive brand new. In Jesus' name, watch this video. Refuge Church, lift your hands right now. In your living room, I want you to lift your hands right now. That same faith that was there, I believe the faith for something new in your family. Something new, whatever new job you need, whatever kind of new breakthrough, God can do it right now. So with every hand lifted high, there's somebody brand new that can get the Holy Ghost right now. There's somebody brand new that can receive a miracle in their mind right now. In the name of Jesus, that's it. Just lift your hands and just begin to worship right where you are. I believe God if we will invoke that law of spirit and life we will no longer be subject to that lesser law because there is a new son to rule this day and this hour in the name of Jesus that's it hallelujah 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 in the name of Jesus In the name of Jesus, I believe there's going to be testimonies. I believe that there's going to be miracles that happen of God doing something new in you. Breaking out of the recycled patterns of your past and pain. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Just continue to worship in your homes. In Jesus' name.